The date is Thursday the 3rd of August, I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something where I promise you will learn something weird and wonderful about the world of technology, science and geek culture. <gasps> On today's show we have plenty of different weird and wonderful facts and also I want to hear from you as well. If you have any strange ones yourself, do call in, do let me know what you think of the show and also any weird and wonderful facts you may have as well. I'll also be doing a bit of trivia throughout the day as well, such as this. Stick around. Alright, now as I said in the previous segment, we're going to try a little bit of trivia this time. This one is for the Anchor listeners out there, so hi everyone. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or wherever else you may be, sorry, you've kind of <laughs> missed the entire trivia part of the show. But if you want to play along, don't skip to the end of the podcast where I'm going to be telling people the answer. Just have a think about it and have a guess. So, today I learned that there was a four-way studio bidding war for the film rights to Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park, which, amongst the people who actually won it, Universal and Steven Spielberg, who went on to create the legendary film, also included Warner Brothers. So, my question to you is this. If Warner Brothers had won the film rights to Jurassic Park, who would have directed it? This is something that came out recently in the news, and please don't Google it, otherwise you kind of ruin the spirit of the game. I want your weirdest answers because, to give you a clue, it's not who you expect it to be. That's all I'm going to say. Call in, let me know your answers, and if you want to give a bit of a reason as to why you think it's going to be that person, then feel free to do so. Or if you have a dream director you'd love to have directed Jurassic Park, then call in with that as well. Basically, I just want to hear from you guys, and I want to know what your answers are. Cool. Now it's time for the first fact, and this isn't really that much of a fact as it is a fact check about a lot of different press outlets out there. Today, many publications are sharing the story that NASA is hiring someone in quotes, to defend Earth from aliens. This is in reference to a job posting that NASA put up recently called the Planetary Protection Officer, which is a six-figure salary job, and the press have taken this way, way out of context to say that they're looking for somebody to protect the Earth from aliens. So, for example, Extreme Tech posted, NASA has a new six-figure job opening to protect Earth from aliens. The Independent posted that NASA is offering a six-figure salary for new planetary protection officer to defend Earth from aliens. And Newsweek has posted that NASA is hiring a planetary protection officer to save Earth from aliens. A lot of Independence Day slash Men in Black kind of vibes coming from these headlines. But to fact check it, that's not what this job is for. The Office of the Planetary Protection, as NASA has clarified to Gizmodo, is involved in many facets of mission development to prevent microbial contamination of other planets and our own. This job is more for defending Mars than Earth, and there's nothing about defending it from aliens. If you want a sample return return mission to Mars to return samples, You want to be careful in both directions. So you don't want to contaminate Mars with bacteria from Earth, 
nor do you want to contaminate Earth with bacteria from Mars. This is not protecting the Earth from aliens. And this has been blown out of proportion, much like many, 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 many different space-based stories in the news today. As far as protecting us from the kind of aliens you might see every night on TV, NASA never considered that. Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute of California, which literally searches for advanced extraterrestrial life, said, while being pretty amused by the press coverage surrounding NASA's new job opening. So, I've seen it going around on Anchor as well, so this is just a quick fact check. NASA's job is not what you think it is. Now that we've got that piece of fake news out of the way, let's take a look at some weird and wonderful facts in the world of film. Today I learned that Jonah Hill had to be hospitalised while filming The Wolf of Wall Street because he snorted so much of the fake cocaine on set. Now, as anybody who's ever watched this pretty amazing film knows, is that it's very... It's full of drugs. <laughs> There's no better way of saying it. They're all taking drugs in pretty much 75% of the scenes in the film. And all of this, obviously, was not real cocaine. It was fake powder used to simulate what cocaine looked like. Um, and Jonah Hill apparently snorted so much of it while portraying stockbroker Donny Azoff alongside Leonardo DiCaprio that he ended up having to be taken to hospital. It was actually a vitamin powder and he'd taken so much vitamin D that quote-unquote he could have lifted a car over his effing head. Next up not necessarily film related but you could kind of say it is because many action heroes and action villains talk about smelling the fear on somebody or tasting the fear on somebody well thanks to science scientists have figured out that you can actually smell fear on somebody else this is a chemical pheromone that is released in the sweat glands when people are afraid and other people can actually smell it even if they are unaware of it. The smell of fear is triggered by a heightened response in brain regions associated with fear when inhaled by volunteers in a brain scanner. The research suggests that, like many animal species, humans can actually detect and subconsciously respond to pheromones released by other people. Namely, you smell fear around somebody and you react to it accordingly in whichever way. This has all been reported in The Guardian as of December 2008. And now we turn to the dearly departed Heath Ledger, who in my mind was one of the best Jokers in any Batman movie ever. Literally the best, not one of the best. I shouldn't be so political with that. He was my favorite. And it turns out, if you've ever noticed, that he licks his lips a lot during his performance as the Joker, and it makes you feel physically uncomfortable, and it feels like a part of his character. But it turns out it's actually needed, because he needed to make sure his prosthetics didn't fall off his face. So he kept licking his lips, which stopped that from happening. 
really weird inside of Hollywood trick there. For this next one, we're going to go back to World War II, where I found out that Donald Duck was promoted to Buck Sergeant and honorably discharged from the US Army for a service in anti-Nazi propaganda during World War II. Now, as some of you may know, Walt Disney Studios was a very, very different place back in the 1940s. After plummeting share prices and their success disappearing after many people enjoyed Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the studio was blighted by financial difficulties and a poorly implemented management structure. A strike was becoming inevitable and critically acclaimed feature-length films put the company on the brink of ruin. So what was their fix? Well, they got behind the government and created 12 animated pieces that were of roaring commercial success at the time and evolved all of their characters basically fighting the Nazis. It was the power of innocence that the Department of Defense wanted to harness when they commandeered Disney Studios. They wanted to use this innocent image of cartoon characters to push this agenda. And out of it, the crowning achievements of Disney's war effort were two propaganda pieces. There was De Fuhrer's face, which depicts Donald's nightmare stint in Nazi Germany and education for death which was the making of a Nazi which makes a moralistic meal of the brainwashing of young Germans under the Nazi regime. Obviously, they all contained shrewd and damaging cultural references and xenophobic depictions of other nationalities. And it's a history that's been quickly swept under the carpet by Disney nowadays. And after Donald Duck had performed his duties very ably during the time, he was honorably discharged from the US Army. And finally, the oldest your mother joke is 3,500 years old. 3,500 years ago, a student in Babylon did the inevitable and carved jokes about beer, intercourse and your mother onto a tablet. Reported by the Huffington Post, Researchers have done the inevitable and published an elevated dissection of those jokes in a reputable journal. In recognition of the great future minds who will a millennia from now ponder two and a half men, let's give due attention to this tablet, shall we? Discovered by archaeologist J.J. Van Dyke in 1976, the tablet has since lost has since been lost without a trace. Fortunately, Van Dyck left images behind, which researchers Michael Streck and Nathan Wasserman were able to analyse in a recent paper. They called the six rid- ridden- riddles within <laughs> wisdom literature or aphorisms, but the structure of them isn't far off from our own modern-day jokes. Due to the tablet's less than perfect state, the translations were a little patchy. So, allow me to go through what was actually noticed. Namely, dot dot dot, of your mother is by the one who has intercourse with her. What? Who is it? Yes, that was the world's first ever your mother joke. And it was written on a tablet that many thousands of years ago. 
Oh, how humour has not moved on since then. <laughs> and that's it from me for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any weird and wonderful facts of your own, don't be afraid to call in and do share them with me. I would love to echo any kind of weird things you know about or any pieces of strange trivia. And also, I've got a bit of a question going on. So if you skip back a few tracks, if you haven't heard it, I hope you have. It's a question about the four-way bidding war for Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park back in the early 90s. So go listen to that. And if you know the answer, call in or pop in on the discussion and do give us your reason and do give us your answer. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you will find out the answer in the next episode. If you're listening to this on Anchor, you will find out the epi- you'll find out the answer tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Don't be afraid to go onto the blog. Don't be afraid. I don't know why you would be afraid to go on the internet. How dare you? Um, as always, our blog is newrisingmedia.com. We've got some great stories going up over the next few days. Um, you can find us on Twitter at newrising underscore media, or you can find me at Mr. Jason England on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And don't be a stranger. Go ahead and follow us on those. And if you like the podcast, then go subscribe. Rate us five stars. Do anything that would really, really help us a lot over here. Because every listener on this is important. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.